When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. You got two all-time greats. They're two very different players. Today's guests. NFL writer Jason Cole. Professional pickleball player Tyson McGuffin. NFL network analyst Charles Davis. Senior writer for NBA.com Steve Ashburner. And now sitting in for Rich. It's Dan Helley. What is up, everybody? Happy Wednesday from Los Angeles. Dan Helley sitting in for Rich. And we have the whole gang in here. Brockman, what did I tell you yesterday? I told <laughs> what did you, you tell me, Dan? it was going to be a 10-point game and Anthony Davis was going to come up huge. Right? That's exactly what happened. Uh, you had the winner. Sort of. Yeah. All right. Yeah, um, sure. You know what? I got one out of two. I'm batting 500. Hey, you're all uh, I thought Golden State would win the series. So much hype behind the, uh, the Lakers right now. Anthony Davis was absolutely phenomenal. The Lakers dominated in the paint. They had nobody, did Golden State, who could keep up with him on either end of the floor. And it's something that I don't know if he can replicate on a nightly basis over the course of his seven-game series, but it's certainly food for thought as you look at the numbers here, LeBron James, guys, more than happy to run the offense through Anthony Davis to take his shots when they were there, although he did take 24, which was the most on the Lakers. Uh, but the Lake Show now has home court advantage here in the Western Conference semifinals against the defending champions. And I would say it's a, a confidence boost for them, and it's going to go a long way. Listen, they got Dennis Schroeder. They have D'Angelo Russell who contributed 19 points apiece. They're going to need those guys to continue to step up, but it certainly is uh, great fodder for the talk shows like this one. Are the Lakers back? Are the Lakers legit title contenders? Can they take care of business against the Nuggets if they get past the Warriors? Am I getting way too far ahead of myself, Brockman? Um, No, no. I mean, uh, Chris Mannix came on here, was it last week or the week before, TJ, and... And he said, oh, I think the Lakers are winning the West. And I've been saying that since the deadline. I'm not going to back down from that. And he, he kind of did a victory lap last night on Twitter. Um, are you going to get that every night from Anthony Davis? It's kind of the question we, we had about James Harden, even though we didn't talk much about it yesterday, TJ. Are you going to get that from James Harden every night if you're Philadelphia? Are you going to get that every night from Anthony Davis? LeBron had a double-double, but like you said, the other guys chipped in. Schroeder had a nice night. Uh, got some great defense from Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, Steph Curry went silent there for about a quarter and a half, uh, second and third quarter, before kind of turning it on during that 14-0 run late. Uh, I think this is, this is kind of what we're going to see all series. We're going to see 
I think, seven games like this. Uh, kind of surprised that the Lakers got the first one, but Golden State uh, had just played on uh, on Sunday. They had a couple – Lakers had a couple little more uh, extra days of rest, and that, that was probably a factor. Um, I can't wait to see what the rest brings. I mean, Lakers just stole home court, and they've taken control of the series. Golden State now underdogs in the series. So, Yeah, it, you know, it's been five years since the last time that LeBron and Steph faced off in the playoffs, and that's what we were talking about going into this one. Is this a legacy series for these two guys, even though it's not a final series? And it was Anthony Davis who absolutely stole the show. Mm -hmm. The best playoff game for a Lakers big man in 21 years. He's the first guy since Shaq in 2004 with 30 points and 20 rebounds in the game. And, oh, yeah, let's not forget he did have four blocks. He did have five assists. You know, you look at Anthony Davis and the time that he's been in Los Angeles, and it's just been ridden with injuries. In the last three years, he's played more than 40 games one time. Wow. One time. He's finally healthy. He dealt with the injuries this year. LeBron had the injury situation this year. They had the Russell Westbrook situation. I mean, you turned on sports radio here in Los Angeles for the first four months of the NBA season, and it's always Lakers. But it was Westbrook. You just you you had to get out from underneath this cloud that was Russell Westbrook. Obviously, he went on to do some things uh, with the Clippers, and he kind of found his way a little bit. He just wasn't working with the Lakers. But you do have to give them credit for the way they remade the team, adding D'Angelo Russell, adding Rui, adding Vanderbilt. Um, this you look at this team and you look at the pieces and. Dare I say, from a team that was outside of the play-in tournament as late as March 21st during the season, I could actually envision them winning a title, TJ. You know, I, I'm well known around these parts as, as a Laker hater. I mean, it's just... You're the Clippers guy, I know. It's a fact, but how they remixed, how Rob Lowe, I mean, Rob Palenka, remixed <laughs> this team, it, it was incredible to bring these guys in, to get out, like, you know, to trim some of the fat, and then... And then to bring new parts in, it it wouldn't surprise me. And look, we talked about Anthony Davis, Chris. Can he do that again? 23 rebounds is a lot, right? A lot of rebounds. But in the last 45 years of playoff basketball, only Tim Duncan and Anthony Davis have scored 30 points, grabbed 20 boards, had five dimes, and blocked three shots. They're the only two people. So I, can you get 30 from Anthony Davis on a nightly basis? He was pretty efficient, Dan, 11 of 19. He t was over two from three. And I, one of the announcers, I think it was Greg Anthony, even said, like, why is he out shooting? Yeah, get, it, get, get inside. Get down low. Like, yeah. you're getting busy down low. Just get closer to the basket. I, AD is doing what he needs to do. And look, man, as someone who doesn't like the Lakers, I, I feel like this is my worst nightmare coming, <laughs> coming to life, man, because I can kind of see this happening, Chris. And I don't want to see this happen. No, no, I don't want to see it happen either, obviously. Um, but they look like a team that can win the West yeah, right now. If they, they play like that last night, uh, and that's kind of all you really, you know, you can really ask for and, and really want if you're a Laker fan. Well, that being said, Golden State was a 30-foot three-pointer away from Jordan Poole uh, from tying the game with uh, less than eight seconds mm -hmm. to go. So Golden State not out of this game. They were down by 14. They made a 14-0 run. They tied the game back. This... We, we were actually texting back and forth last night. This game 
was unbelievable yeah. to watch. And I feel like this is going to carry over throughout the series. Obviously, there are going to be ebbs and flows and different storylines to every game. But um, there's no reason for me to believe at this point that the Lakers can't take down Golden State. And there's also no reason for me to believe that Golden State is done. Yeah. Listen, they still shot 40% from three-point range. It's not like they shot terrible. Now, their field goal percentage from the floor... Uh, not as good as we would like to see. But the question for me is, what do you do with Anthony Davis? Who do you put on Anthony Davis? Draymond Green is too short. Kevon Looney is too slow. And as long as he's healthy and as aggressive as he was, I mean, you mentioned the 23 rebounds. Mm -hmm. I mean, 30 points is great, right? Anthony Davis can go for 30 points anytime he wants. The guy averages 25 for his career. Yeah, for sure. But 23 rebounds to go along with the four blocks... Um, and then, you know, oh, by the way, LeBron wasn't his most efficient. He did take 24 shots. But there's going to be games in this series when LeBron puts up those Anthony Davis-type numbers. And I said this yesterday. For LeBron and the Lakers to be successful, they need AD to do what he did. And they need LeBron to have a triple-double-type performance most nights just to be a facilitator, to score as much as needed when he's called upon. Yeah, you know, he didn't have a triple double, but he did have double digit rebounds. He had yeah. twenty two points, and then you had you had the role players chipping in as well. Um, I was really impressed by Schroeder and D'Angelo Russell with the way yeah. that they played. I mean, yeah. you're going to have games where Austin Reeves, basically, you look at Rui, you look at Schroeder, you look at Russell, you look at Reeves. You need fifty percent of those guys to go score fifteen or more in my mind. Makes sense. Right? The thing is, Reeves only had 10, but he had eight in a row in the third quarter. It kind of a huge stretch and a huge moment in that game. And then that, uh, that lobby through the LeBron yeah, was, that was nice. sweet. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, he, he's a lot of fun to watch play. We're going to be talking a lot about the, uh, the Lakers. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, Aaron Rodgers, who uh, had some interesting comments saying that, um, I mean, let, what, when was the trade completed? Uh, a week and a half ago? Yeah. That hasn't even been two weeks, right? No, no, no it hasn't been, no. not been two weeks. Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers, the good news is that he's going to be at more than half of the offseason workouts. More than The half. bad news <laughs> is he's going to be missing up to 49% of the offseason workouts. <laughs> I don't get he, it. What is he doing? I too? don't understand. And I, I didn't look this up, and I don't remember when Brady went to the Bucks, but it was a little bit of a different situation because of COVID. Right? right, first season Brady was in Tampa was was the COVID year, yes. if I'm correct. Yes, yes, yes. So remember, he was working out at, in high school. Yeah, he was working Park, out with the guys. Fields. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't understand the mentality from Aaron Rodgers. Well, yeah, you know, I'll go to more than half. You know, like they're they're bringing in Randall Cobb that came down today. Uh, Alan Lazard is there now, one of four former Packers, including a backup quarterback that uh, they've signed there with the Jets. And we'll we'll get into this a little bit with Jason Cole, who's going to be coming on in about 10 minutes from OutKick. And maybe I'll even ask Charles Davis, who's going to be on as well, what he thinks about this. But I just wonder, as, as a coaching staff, as a teammate, how do you feel when you hear Aaron Rodgers say, eh, I'll be at more than half? Because to me, it means I'm going to miss almost half, right? Like, that's the way that I that I read it when I hear that. But this is the guy that's supposed to be helping Nathaniel Hackett install the offense, helping these guys get acclimated? Or am I overthinking this and does it not matter at all because the guy's nearly 40 years old and he's been around for a long time and um, you know the old lead by example thing, that's ah, thrown out the window. Who cares about that? Well, Dan, but like, 
when it comes to that, yeah, he's 40 and all that, but it's a new team, new playbook, even though he's got his old OC. Like, timing kind of matters, right? Getting some type of cohesion with your team, working on chemistry, isn't that important as well? It's hugely important. And it it actually, it it bothers me to to hear him say that. And, you know, if I was the Jets, I might just say, I'd just nudge him. You know, you want to... You don't want to alienate him already because we saw how things went in Green Bay last year. But I, I would give him a gentle nudge and let him know that it's pretty important to be at the voluntary off-season workout. I don't think in terms of his own physical readiness for the season it matters that he's there. But TJ, like you just said, it's working with the guys. It's mm-hmm. getting on the same page. Optics. It's getting that familiarity. That's one thing he didn't do the last couple of years in Green Bay. And then you kind of saw that they had issues with all the young receivers early on, you had to kind of, you know how Shaq used to play himself into shape? Mm-hmm. Rodgers had to play himself, you know, into getting some some cohesion with these young guys. Like you saw it with Christian Watson last year and Romeo Dobbs. And I'm, I'm kind of shocked. New, new scenario with the Jets. Obviously, he's got a chip on his shoulder this year. Kind of playing for spite a little bit, I think. And uh, you'd think he'd be there kind of 24-7 getting on the same page with these guys so they go week one with no speed bumps. Yeah, I wish I could say I was surprised. You know, uh, unfortunately, it seems like the last few years, Aaron Rodgers has been about Aaron Rodgers. And two years ago, it, the Packers benefited from that. The year before, the Packers benefited from that. Last year, uh, not so much. And maybe he wasn't 100% healthy. But um, going to be interesting to see how things play out there. We're going to have uh, Charles Davis on to rap a little bit about the NFL draft, which we still can't get enough of and get his take on that uh, Will Levis slide. Charles, of course, has called the Titans preseason games to me for the last few years, the number two team at CBS with Ian Eagle and uh, a major part of that NFL network draft coverage with uh, Rich and Daniel Jeremiah and company as well. Did you guys see the story staying in the NFL with a former NFL player uh, about the Arena League team and Antonio Brown? So is he the owner of that team? He is. He he's the owner of the team, and apparently, uh, uh, less than two weeks after taking full control, they were already having payroll issues, and there were guys that went back to their hotel room after a game who were unable to get into their hotel room because the bills hadn't been paid. Um, so AB wow. went to Twitter to uh, try to recruit some new players, and uh, he sent out the. The alert tweet that they, they'd found some guys. Yeah. So, did you, see, did you see the video <laughs> a few weeks ago? He's the owner of the team. Right. He's on the field, and security's trying to kick him off the field. And the guy's like, no, get off. The, like, how do you not know Antonio Brown? And he's trying, and, and to AB's credit, you know, he tends to be a hothead sometimes. He pretty much kept this cool, but it was just like this guy literally followed him and just was like, Get off the field. Get off the field. And he's like, I'm not getting off the field. Like, I'm with the team. And I, I that could have went south real quick. So I, I you know, I give him credit for, you know, <laughs> not, not swinging on the guy. Well, you, we, we always have to deal or we've always oh, seen those gosh. overzealous security, uh, yeah. security guards. There was actually a funny little skit that uh, I can't remember who put it out there. It must have been uh, Omaha Productions because it was Omaha. an Eli Manning bit where somebody was coming to visit him at Giant Stadium, and they had our old pal Sean O'Hara as the security guard, uh, just running them through <laughs> the ringer, wouldn't let them through security, didn't know who they were, and uh, they handled it well. They handled it well. 
But, you know, there are times when it's the old, uh, you know, it depends, I guess, on your level of fame. Certainly, I've never reached that and never will. But the, do you know who I am situation? And <laughs> AB actually told the security guard in that particular situation, um, I, this is my field. I own the team. But so here, here's a tweet from uh, Dove Kleiman who uh, tweeted about Antonio Brown. Since he bought the Arena Football League team in Albany, it has illegally used NFL footage for commercials, hasn't paid players and coaches, locked out players of hotel rooms who were disgruntled, and players have quit or been suspended, including last season's MVP. No, Dan, is that on the owner of the team, though? Isn't that like... So you should have, like... That shouldn't be, like, the owner paying the hotel bill, right? There's people... But if you're the owner, in positions. But if you don't have the funds, you're the owner. If the well, team doesn't have money, that's on the owner. I mean, okay, yeah. <laughs> we, we don't need to go too far back in recent history to uh, to look at what's gone wrong with uh, with Antonio Brown. Certainly, some some uh, scenarios up there with uh, his Arena Football League team, and I, I believe it's Albany. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd be too comfortable there. And, that, and this is coming from a guy who worked for the. Uh, now defunct AAF for seven weeks for essentially free. When they went oh, that's right. The of the I got paid. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I got paid. Yeah. Don't rub it in Dan's face. I think you should pay Dan. Did you get paid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. Dan. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, because I was like. You were what? He was the face. He was doing this the game. This is unbelievable. So walk me through this. I want to know how this worked out too <laughs> So essentially, I got paid because I was going all, I mean, we were probably going all the way to championship too. But I got paid because they were paying us like literally week by week. Yeah. You guys were probably different than we were because of obviously company. No, we were not different. And I'll tell you, it was interesting it was, what happened was, with that is we were getting paid week by week. And about five weeks into the season, uh, I had a chat with the gentleman who's a good friend of ours who was running it. And he yeah. goes, well, let me, this is when I knew things weren't going well. He goes, let me let me make sure you at least get paid for a week. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> Next week they're gone. I yeah. remember sitting wow. and I did the Johnny Manziel game, which was like the last game. He came in the play, and all of a sudden they're like, we're going to Orlando the next week for like whatever. They're like, oh, we ain't going anywhere. It's done. Yeah. We're like, what? Well, that was the beginning, I know a right? A lot of that, people that didn't. The, I lost a week. I got I lost a week of yeah. pay actually, which is oh, they're still I, bad, I but, still get mail for the the, oh, the, the lawsuit and the bankruptcy all the time. So it's. That, that's, uh, that's a long way. That did not work Sorry, out well man. for Charlie Ebersole, but it was the beginning of, it was the first alternative league that we've yeah. seen in quite some time. <laughs> yep. And then you have the XFL, and then you have the USFL. And I, I have not watched a ton of those, I must admit, but it is a good opportunity for these guys. Players, I just yep. saw, I believe it was Denver who signed the XFL sack leader to a, uh, to nice. a free agent deal. They're going to be coming to camp, so nice. that's good for them. Uh, we have a lot coming up, and I didn't even talk about Tyson McGuffin. We'll talk a little pickleball here. When Rich is away, the kids are oh. going to play. <laughs> I love me some pickleball. Oh, Tyson man. McGuffin is the bad boy of pickleball, and uh, we're going to get his take on some of these professional pickleball leagues that a lot of people, Kevin Durant, LeBron, Mark Cuban, they're all investing in. It's the fastest-growing sport in America. So pickleball coming up an hour two. The best boy? Cole coming up after this. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Dan Helley filling in for Rich 924 on the West Coast. And we are pleased to be joined by Jason Cole, NFL writer for Outkick.com, Pro Football Hall of Fame selector and author. Jason just wrote a new book. We'll be getting to that in a moment. But uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame elector, there, there, are, there aren't even 50 of you, are there? I think we're at 49. We're tipping the scales. We're, we're almost at 50. Um, but no, there's not a lot of us. It's not like baseball, and I have no idea how many people are in the basketball hall of fame. Probably a lot because they put a lot of people in. They, they do put a lot of people in. And uh, I, I, is this something that you still look forward to and enjoy every Super Bowl week, or is this something that can be tense and emotional when you're in the room arguing for a player to get in? Well, I mean, it's both. I mean, I. Look, there is nothing that I take more seriously, not not because it's myself, but because it's so important to the game. There's nothing I take more seriously than trying to make sure that we vet these people, the, the candidates properly and put the right people in at the right time. And look, there are no bad candidates. There are varying degrees of good to great, obviously, right? But I make sure that I talk to I, – I, every year I make sure that I survey at least 400 people who played or coached or um, were personnel people for at least a couple of decades in the NFL, you know, have a lot of experience in the league, saw a lot of people play. And that takes, you know, a couple of weeks to do that in advance of the vote. 
And then you're spending nine hours on a vote. And yeah, it is tense sometimes. And you do have some, some rough arguments. And you do have to, you know, sometimes bring up sore subjects about great players, right? And you're, you're picking apart people. So yeah, it's hard. Um, it's really hard. But it's gratifying. Because the end, you know that you've you know, played a small part in changing somebody's life. So, I, like, I covered Zach Thomas for most of his career. And when I was watching, you know, the special that, you know, you guys do on NFL Network, you know, the knock on the door, and I see Zach break down in tears in that one, like, that's really, that's really, really touching to, to see that happen. And I, I can't really describe in proper terms how emotional that was, even for me, and I know how emotional it was obviously for Zach. Well, well-deserved for Zach Thomas. You probably don't remember, but back when I was a, a young reporter, I worked for a TV station in West Palm Beach and would go down there during that Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor, Jay Fiedler era in that locker room, and he was always kind of the glue, obviously, for that defense, a very good defense at the time. You said you, you surveyed, what, four 400 at least 400 people. How, what's the survey? Do you send them an email? Do you give them a phone call? Text, shoot them a text? Yeah, it's, uh, we're text messaging. It's a message at this point. I, I used to try and do, do them all in like phone calls or emails, and it just it's just too it's too time consuming. But, but I, I I try and do that because you don't want the bias of okay, I've got you know 10 or 20 people that I really trust. Um, yeah, like there are people that I'm closer to than others whose opinions I value, you know, whether it's a guy like a Bill Belichick or a Bill Polian. Um, but you don't want their own biases to creep into what you do. Um, and so you want to you wanna make sure you diversify as much. But, yeah, it's by text message. Now, like the first year I did it, was it 11 years ago? It was the, first, it was the year that Warren Sapp went in and Mike Strahan, um, you know, just barely got cut. Um and so that that first year I did like 65 or 66, I remember. And that was that was hard because I was doing them face-to-face, you know, going to the Senior Bowl, going, you know, walking around the Super Bowl week, you know, running into people that I thought were qualified. And then it grew and it grew. And then it was like, look, dude, I need a, I need a, t- I need a phone number because i got to text you. I can't do this. And the other thing is I don't want the bias of long discussions to creep into it as well. Uh, I am fascinated by the Pro Football Hall of Fame process and uh, the draft also fascinating this year. 43 trades made, 14 quarterbacks drafted, and I would say the NFL succeeded with the help of the general managers of uh, making this a drama-filled draft. The biggest surprise for me was just the fact that the Texans were able to keep it quiet that they were going to draft C.J. Stroud with the number two overall pick, and then, of course, they trade up to number three and draft Will Anderson Jr., so they get flagship pieces on both sides uh, of the ball there for an organization that is desperately uh, trying to win some football games. It seems like forever since the Texans have been relevant. What stood out the most, though, for you in this draft? Oh, Anthony Richardson going at four. Now, I'm not surprised because of the kind of you know physical specimen he is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the last, I checked this. Since 1990, of all the quarterbacks taken in the first round, there's only one quarterback – who threw fewer passes in, at the college level than, than Anthony Richardson, and that's Trey Lance. And in this day and age, the ability to teach a quarterback in the offseason 
when you don't have you know as extensive a practice time and you're not, you're not going full speed as much and training camp where you don't get the same kind of reps and in preseason where you're limiting the the you know the exposure you have with veteran players and and important players the process I, i'm not Anthony Richardson is as talented as it gets. He's a unicorn of an athlete, and he's an exceptionally wonderful human being. I, I, you know, I lived in Gainesville, Florida, for a long time. I haven't been there for a couple of years, but I know all the people who know him. You know, on a you know kind of an adult level, because he, you know, he went to the same high school that my sons went to, so I know a lot of the people there, and I asked about him, and you know, everybody swears this is a really great kid. Um, very mature, um, but he just hasn't played quarterback. And I also know that the high school program that he played in wasn't very good. And I'm being generous right there. This is not like Bryce Young, who went to Modern Day in Southern California, right. which is basically you know a small college program where you you know you get very sophisticated coaching and very sophisticated offense. But all of that said, I think Anthony Richardson went to as good a place as he possibly could because the owner in Indianapolis and say what you want about Jim Irsay, you know, and the issues he's had and all those kinds of things. But he worked on the personnel side before he took over as the owner from his father. And so he understands football probably better than 90% of the other owners out there. So he's one guy who has patience, but I just, the process of teaching this kid how to be quarterback. It's, I mean, it's tough. I mean, Peyton Manning threw 1300 passes in college. Anthony Richardson through through 393. I'm trying to think of another comp of somebody who didn't have that much experience in college, and I I I, I can't. I mean, you right, you again, mentioned Trey Lance, but Trey I'm trying to think of another guy who who only was a one year starter and then went on to have success in well, the NFL. Well, I mean, Kurt Warner is the Kurt Warner is the great example, right? Of a guy, but he wasn't a first round pick. But and so sure. there was never any there's never any expectation when Kurt first came in the league. So Kurt got to sit on the bench and he got to go play in the world league and throw a lot of passes there and you know he earned his spurs in a different way, right? Until he finally got his chance. So I'm not saying it's impossible to do this, but when look, everybody in Indianapolis is now waiting with bated breath for when is Anthony Richardson going to play? Is he going to play his rookie year? Is he going to get in by the second half of the season? Or is you know, they going to wait the full season? Maybe we'll get him in the second season. Well, if you listen to Jim Irsay, he's going to play out of the gates because he wants to see Anthony Richardson out there because he doesn't feel like he can get better as an NFL quarterback by watching from the sideline. It's interesting when you talk to people about this, there are differing opinions. Um, Absolutely. I, I yeah. think I, Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network, to me, probably had the smartest plan, called it a hybrid plan, let him watch four or five games, but then give him double-digit starts as a rookie. But when you hear the owner say, I want him out there playing, I think he needs to play to get better, I wouldn't be surprised to see Anthony Richardson start 17 games for the Colts. I, I wouldn't either, but I will also say this. Jim Irsay can be out on the practice field and see if things aren't that good. Right. And probably say, and if Strachan comes to him and says, I don't think he's ready, Ursa will say, okay, I get it. Let's not do this. 
Yeah. And this is not the same thing as Andrew Luck, who threw, again, threw a lot of passes at Stanford, or Peyton Manning, who threw a lot of passes in college, right? It's, it's a different situation. So, yeah, Jim Irsay had, they had a tremendous amount of success letting those guys play from day one. This kid's not the same in terms of experience. I think in terms of intellect, maturity, responsibility, he's very much the same. But nothing replaces the act of throwing a ball against an all-out blitz, you know, against a, you know, a zone cover, you know, a zone blitz scheme coverage, and you've got to change your arm angle at the last second because of the way the tight end is running, you know, is running down the seam, right? Or how the slot receiver is running down the seam. I mean, there are just things he has not done and that has and has not done as much as other people. I, I always remember saying this about Mark Sanchez, who had basically two years as a starter at USC. And I, I told his agent when he came out after his junior year, I said, he should stay one more year. He goes, well, he's never going to be drafted this high. I go, yeah, he might not be drafted this high, but that doesn't mean he's going to be successful. You want him to go out and have another 400 throws in college and, and learn the process. And Mark had a decent career. Um, you know, butt fumble aside, right. and all the all the other silly things. I mean, Mark I ended up having a pretty okay career, but it wasn't what they certainly wanted when they took him with what I think it was the number five overall pick. That was not the plan that the that the Jets had. Well, and you remember, Pete Carroll initially did not agree with him entering the draft either. Um, but it is hard to argue with a guy that's going to be a top five pick. Let's talk about another Jets quarterback. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gets his uh, his Linus, his security blanket. Randall Cobb agrees to a one-year deal with the Jets. No surprise there. What is surprising to me somewhat, Jason, is when you hear Aaron Rodgers say, I plan on being at more than half of the off-season workouts. Does it, does it surprise you at all that Aaron Rodgers not going to be there every step of the way with a brand-new team? And yes, an offensive he coordinator that he's familiar with, but a lot of teammates he's trying to get work on this timing, and he he could miss almost as much as half of the offseason workouts. It annoys me. I don't know if it surprises me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I don't get. I like Aaron a lot. I think he's incredibly bright, and obviously he's one of the most gifted passers in the history of the game. Right. There are a few people who can throw a ball like him from different angles, deliver a ball as accurately. All those things that you know people have talked about ad nauseum. I don't, but I don't get. Are you here to win, or are you here to have off time? I, I you know, I, and, and again, I, I, I understand guys have their off season. <coughs> Excuse me, Dan. Um, but what's really, truly important, especially as you get to the end of your career and you're in a new environment, every single day you're there is valuable to be around the guys and learn them and not only learn who they are as people, but who, you know how they move as athletes and how you throw to them, how they adjust to things, how they see things. Are you on the same page? And you know, he pulled this stuff last year with a new receiving core, and they weren't on the same page until maybe with the last seven games. Right. A year. So, yeah, this is annoying to me. Yeah, I would imagine it's annoying uh, to Robert Sala and the coaching staff as well as the general manager there uh, with the Jets. Because I, I hear it. It's not not a big surprise. But same thing. I'm like, come on, man. I mean, you got right. you have two more years. 
You you have a Patrick Mahomes has been to three times as many Super Bowls in his short career as you have in, in your entire career, and you got a shot here to win another one. Why why not go all in? I just don't feel like he's going all in. All well, right, Jason, and, and and on top of that, this pathway ain't easy. Right. You know, talk about listen. You want this is not going to be like the NFC North, which you dominated for so many years because there really wasn't that much competition. You got to go up against Buffalo, a Miami team that's that's you know pretty stacked offensively, and you know Belichick's in that division. You're going to get out of the division, and then we're not even talking about Mahomes and Herbert and Burrow. I mean, like these little things that we talk about are are so very important, and uh, you know this is like Brett Favre at the end of his career. And I know Mike Sherman gave him sort of carte blanche to miss a lot of time in the offseason. But, you know, Brett Favre at the end of his career would take the offseason off, and I know it drove Mike McCarthy crazy after he took over for Sherman. But he couldn't get, you know, Favre back in the building. And ultimately, that cost him some critical games, especially that, you know, that Giants playoff game that they lost, you know, which, you know, to, to bring it back home, you know, Eli probably remembers pretty well. Um, you know, that got that vaulted them to that Super Bowl. So, I mean, I, I just I don't get what Aaron Rodgers is about right now. Is he about football and being as great as he can, or is he about the personality of being Aaron Rodgers? I don't quite get it. Yeah, well, I, I don't think we're going to know for sure uh, until at least next January. Uh, Jason Cole from Outkick.com, Pro Football Hall of Fame voter, is an author of eight books, including your latest, Shut Up, Your Kid Is Not That Great, is the title. And, you know, coming from a guy who has a couple of teenagers, and I'm sure everybody in here has already gotten sick of me talking about him, so I, I, I probably talk about my kids too much. But I say this all the time, Jason. People, don't, people that you are acquaintances with or don't know that well, the two things they really don't care about your kids and your golf game. So when you're talking about that, nobody gives a damn. So I, 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 I love the title of your book. Give me a little bit of a background on it. Uh, I was sitting around talking with my agent one day, and he's you know, he's uh, coaching his kids in like fourth or fifth grade basketball, and he's just talking about parents, and they're you know talking about oh they want this to be fair in the playoffs, and you know what time do they start? I'm like, God, can just parents just shut up? And let their kids just go play and, and just worry about is, are you going to have good pizza after the game, right? Like, you know, make it fun for the kids. Because if you make it fun, the kids will keep playing. And, I just, you know, and, we, and in the course of this conversation, we just said we should, you know, do a book about this and what are we going to call it? And I was like, I don't know, this is a little rude and it's a little, a little crass, but it's, you know, it's me. You know, shut up. Your kid's not that great. You know, just stop. <laughs> just stop, really. Just stop it. And then I just thought of anecdotes from my life where parents got in the way. And the biggest, you know, and this really speaks to a lot of parents who I think live vicariously through their kids. I mean, I, I certainly understand want to pump up your kids and talk about, you know, how, how wonderful they are and support them and stuff like that. But this goes beyond it. It's talking about, you know, parents who like they're living their dreams through their kids. And there's a, you know, there's a very careful line as a parent you always have to be um, cognizant of, 
And so I talked to Tom Brady Sr. about it, and he talked about, you know, when he was like the athletic director of, his, of Tom's parochial school team. And, you know, the team wasn't very good. They only had two good players. And, and you know, I was like, well, did you think about putting them in a new program? And he goes, no, I made sure all the, the kids who weren't very good played a lot so they maybe got better by, you know, by the end of the year, right? Like, that's the way to think about it, right? Make sure everybody gets a chance. Have a good good time. And we're talking fourth, fifth grade basketball. You know, like, don't take this too seriously. Make it make it fun. And, and I remember Jack Elway when I wrote the biography of John Elway. You know, my favorite story about him is when John's coming out for the 83 draft and debating whether he's going to play baseball or football. And Jack tells, you know, Sports Illustrated, and I'm going to sort of screw up this quote, but he basically said to the effect, I want to preserve in John the joy of playing ball because that's where he's going to get his passion. It's not going to come in dollars and cents. So it wasn't a dollars and cents equation between baseball and football. It was, what do you love to do? And I think that that's what parents should really focus in is their kids love to do it. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about the scholarships. Don't worry about whether they're on the right AAU team or all that kind of stuff. Don't interfere. Make sure they're having a good time because if they're having a good time, they'll keep playing. Well said, Jason Cole. Words to live by. I will apply them to my two teenage children, my friend. Thanks for coming Enjoy on. Them. <laughs> I, uh, I I appreciate the time and, and good luck with uh, with everything in the near future. All right, thank you, Dan. Take care. Bye. All right, that was Jason Cole, NFL writer from Outkick.com. I think his uh, thoughts on Aaron Rodgers kind of align with mine. He, he's irritated. I can only imagine what the what the coaching staff and ownership and general manager must think. But this, you know, this is probably understood before they before they swung that trade. For I think he is the single most talented thrower of the football that that we've ever seen, with Patrick Mahomes being a a very close 1B, but that's just me. We have plenty of time to uh, discuss it. Guys, we're not even an hour into the show. Hey. Well, I mean, we got, we got all kinds of time so left. So much time. But we do have to pay some bills, so let's take a quick break right now, and we are back on the Rich Eisen Show right after this. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show, and every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it, and then the all-in prices. That's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all-in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is 
unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Helley filling in. You can call us at 844-204-RICH. You can watch us on the Roku channel, channel 210. Listen to us on Sirius XM, channel 218 on Sirius, 202 on XM. Stream for free on the Odyssey app or odyssey.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter, at Rich Eisen Show. Or you can subscribe to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen at Dan Helley on Twitter. If you have any questions for us in here today with Brockman Del Tufo and TJ Jefferson. Right, Holler. Putting up a Twitter poll real quick. Oh, we got a Twitter poll. I'm just throwing one up. Who's more likely to come back from down 1-0 after losing the opener at home? Celtics or Warriors? Well, we know what you hope the answer to that question is. Yeah, I understand. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> I'm just saying your vote. Because both teams going. lost at home. So we do know that the MVP is going to be back for game two right. of the Celtics should Sixers he, should series. Should he be back, TJ? Yeah. I kind of <laughs> I wish they would have gone the Jimmy Butler route with him, Dan, to be honest. We stole a game in Boston. Let him get the rest, man. Like I, I don't I don't like that to be honest with you. Well, you know he's just chomping at the bit. The, the problem that I have with it is the injury. I feel like you can play through at times a, a sprained ankle, which is what, what Jimmy Butler's dealing with. But the sprained knee, I feel like, is a little bit more, a little tougher to yeah. uh, tough out, you know, for lack of a better term. Um, it's like so, a four to six week injury that he's trying to come back and. How long has he been out? 10 days. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's easier for a, a big dude as opposed to. A guard who's cutting more and, you know, rolling off screens. Maybe, but you're asking him to do a lot on defense. You yeah. Know, he really clogs up the lane. He, you know, he'll probably be an all-defender in the league this year. So, I, I, in a weird way, I know this could come back to bite me tomorrow. In a weird way, I think it's actually kind of better for the Celtics that Embiid plays, especially if he's going to be hobbled. He's going to have to guard Horford in the corner. He maybe kind of stretch him out. That lane opens up a little bit. Maybe Tatum and Brown. Uh, and Smart can get to the basket a little bit more than they did in game one? I'm not sure. I don't know that you're going to... To be honest, I I don't know that it's going to matter. I know they haven't looked great in the postseason, but... You know, at some point, you would expect the Celtics to start playing like the Celtics, and yeah. I don't see James Harden, James Harden going off for 45. Uh, you know, I don't. But for you know, two or three Maxie, years in a row. Tobias Harris. I mean, obviously, TJ. You know, your Sixers have a lot of great players. Yeah. So they did a really great job with them beat out in Game One. Understatement. I gotta be honest, man. I was t- completely shocked that they won that game. I, I didn't. You know, in my heart, my heart, you know, you hope Harden needs like a forty-point game. I didn't expect it to happen, and it did. So again, I I feel like you you stole the win. Just Don't play Embiid, man. Him, yeah. Ugh, Do you just... know what the Celtics are favored by tonight? Seven and a half. Nine. Oh, it's gone up. What? Yeah, it's gone up. It started. It's open at seven and a half this morning. So why play why why play Embiid? Well, they were favored by ten in game one. No, that's <laughs> true. Know, the desert that's, doesn't that's know everything, Dan. Yeah, they, really, like, yeah. they were double digit. They were double digit game one. The desert doesn't know everything. Yeah. So. Well, they know a lot. 
They know a lot. They, they know, know a lot. Know a Game lot. one, Knicks Heat. Total was 210. You know what it finished at, Dan? 209. They know everything. The totals are the most unbelievable thing for me, especially in NFL games. NFL games are what I'd say the majority of, of people are are betting on, right? Probably. I mean, it's, yeah. it's over-under NFLs. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys hit. They, the over-unders are within two points, I feel like, 90% of the time. I'm slightly exaggerating, but it is it is. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense at all. So I do a lot of work with the UFC. They're, there's this, this guy's great. He's my favorite handicapper. His name's Yanni the Greek Corrales. Of course he's Greek. <laughs> and I was asking him for some, some betting advice. And he goes, here's my advice. I'm going to keep it really simple for you. Never bet on a parlay. Ever. Okay. Ever. You're just, you're not, if you extrapolate it over time, you're going to lose far more than you win from parlays. But they're so fun. And if you, they are fun. <laughs> but if you're going to bet on multiple games in one bet, do teasers. Right. Try to get, you know, tease the over best. the number. You'll see a number if it's like, odds, you know, if it's, yeah. you know, if it's, if it's five and you can get an extra three points, right. you know, get that so, best number possible. Um, not that I'm a, a big better because you can't, you can't bet on NFL. I can't bet on UFC. Not um, legal in California, technically. Which is crazy. Stupid. Which is so crazy so that dumb. that is not legal in California. Yet at some point, uh, you would think it will be in the very near future. Although it was, it was. Do you remember all the, the ads? It was on the ballot. Yeah, it was and, on the ballot. But do you remember all the TV ads? Oh yeah. yeah. Because you had the big gambling companies, the DraftKings of the world and the yeah. MGMs of the world, against the Native American tribes here that that ran the the casinos yep. and had some of the sports book. And I, I'd just like to see them get together and maybe just work just it out. Some, can we just work something out? Just give me an app. Come on. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Tedley, like 30 states get to do it. That's and what I mean. Like, we're out here. Well, come on. And, and how many of them have sports books in the stadiums? Ted Leonsis oh. has been ahead of the curve for Monumental yeah. Sports, owner of the Wizards and the Capitals, and maybe soon the Nationals. And there's a sports book in the arena in Washington, D.C., as there will be in, I think, most places in yep. the next two to three years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And NFL stadiums is going to be, I mean, come on. It's yeah. just it's the future. 